Thank you for listening to the podcast of Palmetto Baptist Church. We pray that as you listen to the following message, that it will encourage you to continue to connect, grow, and serve in your relationship with God and with others. How are y'all doing? How are y'all doing? Pastor Jimmy said I had a huge Bible up here. He asked if it was our family Bible off the coffee table. I said, no, it's not, but it is rather large. Uh, listen, so I go to Coleman, Alabama. Uh, I get up at 5 in the morning and go to Coleman, Alabama on Tuesday. And I'm there, and I was there. I had a good attitude about the whole thing. You know, I was there. I can't even nail a nail. Uh, I'm a grunt, uh, so that whatever I do, I always go, because usually it's something heavy that they want me to drag. And so basically we drug sticks all week, which is fine with me because I don't want to screw anything up. And... Um, so I get there, and uh, I come to the work side, and we have a, everybody has a positive attitude. And um, I'm standing there uh, getting on some gloves, assuming that I'm going to be dragging sticks. And what happened was, was I uh, was pointed at by Doug Kearns. He goes, see that guy right there? That guy. And I looked, like, Me? He goes, yeah, you. And so the head, the head guy, who, he came over and he said, uh, I got a job for you. I said, really? Well, cool. You know, positive attitude here. And uh, I said, What's that? what would that be? He said, we need to lay plastic. And I thought, well, I can lay plastic. Anybody can lay plastic. I have a feeling that's why he chose me uh, because he figures anybody can lay plastic. And he says, we need to lay plastic under the house. <laughs> and I go, wow, that sounds like fun. Not. Uh, I am uh, scared of snakes and uh, some types of spiders and uh, sometimes the dark. And I'm claustrophobic. So I looked around and I saw a tall red-headed kid. Um, and so Andrew Beckham and I, we went under the house for about three hours. And we dug around in the house and it was really fun. Andrew was so uh, traumatized, he's not even here today. So uh, they may be looking for another church as we speak. I'm not sure. But uh, no, we had a great time over there. It's interesting. I, I, was, uh, I prepared this message a few weeks back. And I was, um, I don't know, I felt like God really wanted me to speak on this message. And so I get to the church and, and start hearing some things. And I'll talk more about that later. But uh, Wednesday night, I'm uh, sitting there. And um, we basically heard Larry the Cable Guy preach Wednesday night, which was a lot of fun. Uh, he, he, he was really, he had a good heart. He really did. Um, every once in a while, he'd get a little loud, though. That's what he did. That's about the volume he spoke at, for the most part. Um, I had texts from students going, I'm scared. Uh, one of them said, I'm scared, S-K-E-E-R-E-D, because uh, they were sort of country. And that was fun. But um, anyway, so I, uh, it, was a good, it was a good time, though. The, the, I'll tell you, you have uh, uh, some great uh, godly men uh, who are leading uh, this church uh, and who are representing this church. And you have some great godly women who are leading this church and who are reaching out and who love people. And it was an amazing thing. And so I want you to give those people a hand who went. So here you go. It's from Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. Uh, the guy used the same scripture reference on Wednesday night as I was going to use this morning, so I thought that was interesting too. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, it says this. 
It's a short one. I'll give you time. But it says this. It says, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. And I guess I would have a question for you. Um, What in the world does it look like to seek the kingdom of God? What does it look like to seek the kingdom of God? Palmetto, I asked you a question because I, I think we have some confused pictures about actually what it looks like when it says seek the kingdom of God first. What does that look like? Let me tell you what it's not. All right. What it's not is this. It's not us saying, God, I'm going to follow you. And then and then coming down front and telling preacher Jimmy and the church that you're following him. And then going through the process of church attendance and 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 church membership and baptism. And then going home and the car is still broken down and your little brother still bugs you and your family still has the same problems that you've had before and uh, your spouse and you still argue a lot and you still worry all the time about money because money is still tight. And really, there's nothing different in your life except for the fact that now, not only are all those things in your life and maybe various sins in your life, but you now on Sunday mornings you actually come to church, and maybe even Wednesday nights you come to church. And you have a church family who you can tell those problems to, and maybe they help you out a little bit, I don't know. Seeking the kingdom of God is not that. That's not what it looks like. I think it is for a lot of us, though. I think for a lot of us, Seeking the kingdom of God is coming and joining a church and being part of a church fellowship. And I'll tell you, I think that is a great thing, and I strongly encourage you to do that. But I'm going to tell you what, that is not what God has planned for us when he says, seek the kingdom of God. I have a question for you. I'm going to ask you this. Do you believe... Do you believe that the contents found in this book are true? Do you believe that the contents found in this book are life-changing? Do you believe that they, it has the power and the ability, when coupled with Holy Spirit within you, do you believe that it can change not only your life, but your family tree? And generations and generations and generations. Do you believe that within this book there's stories told of the power of God that you can learn and understand and learn how to cope with things in your life and God can come in and can change you? Do you believe that that's true? Yes, probably you do. Do you believe that having a prayer life with God and talking to God is something where you can identify that you are not the one in control, but you are the one giving that, those things over to God. Do you believe that? Do you believe that the story of Jesus in this is true? Do you believe that the principles taught in this word that we have here and that most of you probably have sitting beside you, do you believe that it's true and good and holy and life-changing. 
And you know, the interesting thing is, is that when I ask that question, I and you, we both, we both, we all would say, yes, I believe that. I believe that. I believe that. There's only one problem. Most of us aren't reading it. Most of us aren't studying it. Most of us aren't praying. Most of us maybe aren't worshiping. Some of us maybe aren't giving. Our mouths say that we believe, but our actions say we don't. Today, I want to preach a message called Bringing Up the D Word. And the D Word is discipline. I have some spiritual disciplines that I have listed out up here. And let me say, someone asked me beforehand, someone said, can you put those up there? Are those up there, the spiritual disciplines? We put those up there? Prayer and meditation. I almost put prayer and medication. Wasn't that funny? Uh, biblical reading, worship, giving, fasting. And there's, there's others. There are others there. Someone asked me before, and someone said, hey, what are you speaking about? And I go, spiritual disciplines. And they went, so that's going to be a boring one. I said, yeah, pretty much. It probably is. You know, we don't like the word discipline. And you know not why we don't like the word discipline. Because when we hear the word discipline, it's like, ugh, you all tense up. Why is that? Because we think the word discipline takes away our freedom. See, we want to be free. And we want to be free to do what we want to do and act the way we want to act and spend the way we want to spend and live the way we want to live and not have any type of responsibility. And we want to be free and not obligated to anybody or anything, especially in today's society. We want to be free. And it's interesting because if you look in the Scriptures, you'll find some people that want the same thing you want. You want to be free. Free from obligation. Free from any kind of parameters that have been set up before us. You know who those people are? Well, they're Adam and Eve and Satan. Those are the people. Free from the parameters that God has set up. Listen, we don't like discipline because we want to be free. But that freedom is a lie. It's a lie. I'm going to say something. I don't like diets. I hate diets. The word diets makes me want to go eat. I hate it. I hate diets. I hate them. I hate them. But I'll tell you what. There's something interesting about a diet. Because it's interesting to me because when I have a set of parameters before me, and I operate in a logical, natural way with those parameters before me, when I operate in those things, it's interesting because at first, when I start doing it, I feel bound up. And I get sort of mad because I'll go buy Dunkin' Donuts and I'll go, ooh. Then I'll think, 400 calories, no way, no way. I feel sort of bound up. But then... As you go along a little bit more and a little bit more, you know what begins to happen? I start being free 
Free from what? Well, free from, from guilt. Free from the roller coaster. Free from the struggle. And all this freedom starts pouring forth, and it's the same way with God. At first, you feel obligated. And then it slowly starts to turn, and you begin to experience freedom. A freedom from the freedom giver. I want to say something. True freedom comes when we walk step by step with the one who created us. And I think what we've lost is, is we've forgotten. We've forgotten that it's through those spiritual disciplines. Those spiritual disciplines in themselves are worthless. But those spiritual disciplines coupled with God and his Holy Spirit, they are the freedom givers that I think that we're lacking today. I want to go through five truths about spiritual disciplines. I promise it won't be too painful. It'll be short. It'll be like a real quick, you know, every time I get a shot, she goes, okay, it's not going to hurt too bad. Bam! I'm like, Whoa, it hurt! And then it's gone. It's going to be that like that, okay? I promise you. Let's talk about five things of spiritual disciplines. The first thing is this. Spiritual disciplines are not legalism. Spiritual disciplines are not legalism. So we go to Coleman, Alabama, and I've got this message done pretty much, and I'm so excited, and, and, and I was like, okay, well, cool. I'm going to do this message. And I walk in, and Virginia Munn walks up to me, and she goes, oh, she says, uh, this is an interesting church. <laughs> and I said, really? Tell me about the church. And, and she said, well, she said, um, I was in Sunday school, and the lady had this like clipboard thing, and she went around to each one, and she says, have you read your Bible? All week, every day. And they said, yes, check. Have you read your Bible? Have you read your Bible? Have you read your Bible? And, and they got to one lady, and she goes, have you read your Bible? And she goes, well, I'm, I missed today. That's a no. Have you read your Bible? Have you read your Bible? And they went all the way around, and uh, I was like, great. Oh, by the way, I'm speaking on disciplines on Sunday, and she's telling me this, and I'm going, great, uh, this is going to go over like a lead balloon. But anyway, it's not legalism. I want to tell you something. Jesus despises legalism. He despises legalism. He taught more against legalism pretty much than anything else. Legalism is a I have to. If I don't, then I'm going to feel guilty. We are not performing here, people. We're connecting. It's a connecting with God. And I want you to understand something. If you leave out, if you leave out today, and your whole thing is, is well, preacher Barry said, it sounds funny saying that, Barry said, <laughs> Barry, Barry said, I need to read my Bible more. No, that's not what Barry said. What Barry said is, is this. said, if you want to connect with God, on a deeper level, then you have to figure out what God's heart is. And God's heart, as you've already told me, is found right here. If you want to become free from some of the struggles you have in your life, you've already told me, you believe it, it's right here. If you want to connect with God, you have to talk to Him. It's like the story of 
of, of Sarah and John, Sarah had already figured out that she loved John, and, 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 and John, he, he wasn't real sure, so he stood back over here, and he sort of watched her a little bit, in a, not in a creepy kind of way, but sort of watched her a little bit, and he sort of followed her around, and Sarah knew that she liked him, and so finally what happened was, was, was John got up to nerve, and so he, he decided to ask her out, and they went out on a first date, and, and, and then maybe a second date, and a, and a third date, and then what happened was, was they, they developed a relationship, right? And they were going out, and, and John would call her about once a week. Um, and and he, he would talk to her for an hour or so, and, and then he would go away, and, and then he would call her again about once a week. And, and, he, he would, and it was amazing because when John was, when John was out with his buddies, oh, man. Sarah is so awesome. I mean, Sarah is just so awesome. And, and I just can't. I mean, she's just awesome. And Sarah would hear this, and she'd be real confused. She was like, what do you mean? I'm awesome. I don't understand because he only calls me once a week, and I don't get it. And, and so every once in a while, he would call two times a week. And, and every once in a while, they would go out. Uh, and maybe there would be a week at a time where there was a lot. You know, they would go out every night, and then it would fade away again. And it would come back, and it would fade away. And after a while, Sarah sort of got tired of that. She was like, I don't understand this. Because with... With, he tells everybody else that he loves me, but, and he tells everybody else that we're in a relationship, but I don't, I, I'm having a hard time getting to know him because, to be real with you, I, I, we don't talk much. Once an hour for a week? Ladies, how many of you would do that? Not many. God's Sarah, and we're John. God's Sarah, and we're John. He desires a relationship with us. And maybe we give lip service a lot. But I tell you, once a week, connecting, once a week, relationship, you're not going to get to know him real well like that, y'all. You're just not. And see, what happens is, is you're not going to get to know him real well. And then it's going to fold down to your children. Then it's going to fold out to your church. And when issues come up, as they do in families, in churches, we don't come from a position of strength in God's will, we come from a position of weakness in our will. And it's a tough thing. But I can tell you what it's not. It's not legalism. Spiritual disciplines are not legalism. They are connecting and growing you deeper. The next thing is this. God speaks through His Word. He speaks through His Word. And if I say that, you're like, He sure does. He speaks through His Word. But if we don't read His Word, and we don't understand His Word, and we don't connect with Him, and we don't worship Him, how in the world are we ever going to hear God speak? How are we going to hear God speak? We are left to a few... You know know what I'm saying right now, I don't know how it affects you, but by Tuesday, you will have forgotten 92% of what I've said unless you write it down. I don't know if you know that or not. But you do, 92%. They teach you that somewhere. <laughs> uh, anyway, they do. 92%, uh, you, you will have forgotten what I said by Tuesday. So you're left with about 8%. And by next Sunday, uh, you won't even know what I talked about. And so you can use whatever I say this week, and then by next week you'll be looking for your next fix. It's just how it is. I mean, it really, it's just how it is. It really is. That's what happens. But God speaks through His Word. 
So how does God speak through his word? Well, it's an amazing thing. What he's set up is, is basically this. He's got this word that are basically words on a page, all right? Any Joe Schmo can read this. It doesn't matter who it is. It can be someone who's so lost, and they can read this, and it means nothing to them. But what it happens is, is that whenever... Whenever we become saved, God gives us the Holy Spirit within us. And then what happens is, is when we read this word, there's something within us. Holy Spirit begins to nurture us and to make us know that what it says is true. and gives us guidance and direction and counsel on how to live our lives. So it's a thing that happens when we read his word. God speaks. And when God speaks, Holy Spirit within us begins to change us from the inside out. God speaks through his word. Of course, the only stipulation is we have to read it. Are you with me? 35%, 35%, 35% of those people who profess Christ, and I'm not talking about, yeah, I'm a Christian, yeah, I'm a Baptist, yeah, I'm a whatever. I'm talking about people that go to church Sunday after Sunday, 35% never read their Bible. Never. About the same number, rarely if ever, pray. Never. George Barna says that we have a spiritual illiteracy problem. We have a biblical illiteracy problem. We do. We do. The third thing is this. Told you it wasn't going to be fun. There is a fade effect, okay? There is a fade effect. Uh, I get on the treadmill sometimes, and uh, some, sometimes I get on the treadmill. And I don't know if you guys have ever gotten on a treadmill, but you start going on the treadmill. And, man, when you first get on the treadmill, it's like, oh, gosh, am I really doing this? And so you're on the treadmill. And, and for me, uh, I like to watch the little numbers, you know. But if I get too focused on those numbers, I sort of mess up and stuff. And so what I like to do is, is I've got this new theory that if I don't know what the numbers are, that things go faster. Right, And so what I do is, is I focus on something else. Now, at the gym I go to, they have televisions, all right? And so I'll focus on the television, and what I'll do is, is I will bring, this is so squirrely, but I will bring a towel or something, and I'll cover up the numbers. That's what I do, I cover up the numbers. Why do I do that for? Well, I'll tell you why I do it for. Because the more I focus, the more I focus on that TV and watching TV, the more my mind focuses on that and doesn't focus on the fact that I've been on this thing for 35 minutes and then 40 and 45. Why is that? Well, it's a fade effect. It fades. It fades from focusing on the problem. Tick. Tick. That's how how slow the, the time goes by on the treadmill. Tick. That's what happens. I focus on that problem. I'm not focusing on that anymore. I'm focusing on something else. Well, the same is true with us. We have these problems and we're focusing on these problems and we're here, we're here, we're constantly looking at them. But it's interesting because when we take our eyes off that and we start looking to the one who has the solutions to the problems, there's a fade effect. Our issues begin to fade away as we begin to focus on God. And He planned it that way and He wants it that way. When we focus on God's plan for our lives, when we focus on God's will for our lives, when we focus on God's strength in our lives, what happens is, is that those things fade away. The fourth thing is this. The closer you get, the further you fall. My dad loved country music. And there was a song called, The Closer You Get. I think Alabama sang that song. He's shaking his head back there. Alabama. And it go, went like this. The closer you get. And then it goes again. Mm-hmm. 
the further I fall. Everybody, you guys know it? I'll be over the edge now. No time at all. I'm going faster and faster and faster. Skip, you want to sing it? All right. The closer we get, the further we fall. James says this. He says, draw near to God and God will draw near to you. When we develop this relationship, if we start over here and we're just sort of learning out and we're trying to do, we're trying to pray a little bit to Him. Maybe we've started giving a little bit. Maybe we've actually started reading a little bit of His story and trying to understand where we fit in and what His plans are. What happens is, is we begin to get closer and closer and closer and closer. Because the closer we get, the further we fall. Fall what? Well, we fall in love with the story, with the author of the story of our lives. We fall in love with Him. And see, what happens is, is it stops being a, oh, i got to read my Bible today. And it starts being a, man, i got to read my Bible. <laughs> I tell you, i got to. I have to. I have to pray. I have to. I can't, I can't function without going to God and saying, God, I give this up to you today because I can't deal with this. God, I give this up to you today because you know more than I do. The closer we get, the further we fall. I'll tell you what it's not. It's not someone with a clipboard saying, did you read your Bible today? That's a no. It's not that. It's not. It's not me coming up and saying, all right, y'all, who read your Bible this week? Five out of seven days, y'all stand up. Come on now. It's not that at all. It's a love relationship that you have by connecting with God. And the, the, the way we do that is through those spiritual disciplines that He's set up. It is. It is. Listen, a lot of people, way back when, they, they didn't have the Scriptures. They would be so envious of us today. They'd be so envious of us today. They had little snippets, and they focused on God with those things. But the closer we get, the further we fall. Guys, you guys remember? Guys, y- y'all remember when you first like, met your, your, your wife, and, uh, and you didn't know she was your wife yet, but you knew that you hope that she would be at some point. And you guys remember that? And remember how you, uh, uh, you would do these really squirrely things um, like um, write love cards and notes to uh, your wife? Uh, not that it's squirrely, but anyway, uh, it's just sort of not what we, we uh, naturally do. Uh, I know, I remember I used to love to go shopping with my wife. Shopping with uh, Wendy. And um, I would do that and and I don't know, I would just try to do those things to, to win her over, I guess. I don't know. But I would do those things. Why is that? Well, because the closer we got, the further I fell. The closer we got. I mean, it didn't matter. Hey, you want to go watch, you know, pigs grind the mud? Yeah, let's go watch pigs grind the mud. All right, let's go. We'll do anything. I mean, those kind of things. The closer we get, the further we fall. And the closer you get to God, the further you fall. The fifth thing is this. You do a little, and God does a lot. You do a little, and God does a lot. It's amazing to me that God can take the smallest efforts that we have, the smallest little efforts that we have, and He can make those so huge. Jesus says, if, if you have the faith of a mustard seed... Tiny, little, tiny, 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 you can move mountains. 
tiny. Give me something. Give me something. We do a little. And God does a lot. But you know, it has to begin with a starting point. And for me, and I hope for you, that starting point needs to be today. It needs to be today. I want to read to you. This is so cool. It's a quote. It says, A farmer is helpless to grow grain. All he can do is provide the right conditions for the growing of grain. He cultivates the ground. He plants the seeds. He waters the plants. And then natural forces of the earth take over. And up comes the grain. This is the way it is with spiritual disciplines. They are a way of sowing to the Spirit. All we can do, you guys, all we can do is decide that we want to have a relationship that's deeper than a Sunday morning. So what if? What if what you told me was true? What if you really did believe that this book has the power to change lives? What if you really believed that it held the answers for us? What if? It's interesting to me, if you look in Matthew chapter 6, it's interesting because if you go back and look, but before he says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all these things are going to be added to you, he talks about giving to the needy. He talks about the power of prayer. He talks about fasting. He talks about money and possessions. He talks about worrying. And then he says, seek first the kingdom of God. And all these things will be given to you. What kind of church would we be if half of us, half of us, were seeking a deeper relationship with God? What kind of church would we be if three-fourths of us was seeking a deeper relationship with God? What kind of church would we be if everyone here had decided to seek a deeper relationship with God? No one likes to talk about the D word. But I'm afraid that it's the cart that's going to take us to spiritual freedom. If this word really has the answers, we might ought to crack it open a little once in a while. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. God, today is, um, today's message is not a fun one or an easy one, God, but it's one, God, that you want uh, to draw to us, God, and you want, you want us uh, to know you, God. And, and this is the avenue that you've set forth, a prayer time, a time of um, reading and studying. God, don't let us be like most other people who proclaim Christ. God, don't let us be illiterate of what your word says. Let us be a church that loves your word enough to take it in. God, let us see that your answers are right before us. God, let us see that your power, all those things get tapped into by our faith. Faith that we would believe that what you say in your word is true. 
And give us the desire to learn your stories. To understand your thoughts. God, don't let us be like the guy who only called the girl once a week. Let us go deeper. Lord, we love you and we thank you and we praise you. In Jesus' name.